Welcome back to, is it episode four? It is episode four. Four? Okay, it's a reshoot. <laughs> Say everything again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in again. Um, we have some interesting topic, I suppose. Do you think this is a general topic that people will be interested in, like most people? Or do you think this is going to cater to a certain type of audience? Um, it, it's hard to tell, but what I will say is it's certainly a topic that most people should care about. Uh, that's a good, nice. I was going to fist bump you that one. That was good. That was good. Um, it's definitely one of those more primary issues. Yeah. Agreed. I think, well, yeah, for sure. Especially, I think it's applicable to America specifically. I can't talk about other places because I, I don't, I live in America. Almost all Western religion. Yeah. And just culture because this isn't specifically religion, yeah. you know, this right. is, this is culturally based. So, yeah. um, I want to talk about, we want to talk about conformity. Mm-hmm. And we also a little bit want to talk about skepticism and cynicism and how they've kind of contributed to conformity in the West and, and a lot of what we know nowadays. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, what are, your, what are your first thoughts on like, is there any instant thing you're gonna, you want to say about what I, you know, the topic? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, in terms of like the problem with conformity and its relationship in this relation to the West, mm-hmm. um, people are conformists. Um, in the sense, mm-hmm. like the majority of people conform to society, they change the way they act and behave based off of you know new cultural norms. Yeah, um, yeah, and or or it it also actually it relates to nominal versus normal. Mm-hmm. Nominal being, uh, or normal being, what is right and good, mm-hmm. and nominal being you know, what society is, is, yeah. Nowadays, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. Um, I guess the first way that I want to start this off is I want to start with skepticism and cynicism because I think it's a really good way to bridge into how we've gotten to conformity and where we're at now. Um, so Jordan Peterson has this really fantastic quote. I'm going to paraphrase because I, I don't know the quote off the top of my head, but he basically says something along the lines of, um, skepticism is like your adolescence it's the first step you take out of adolescence so you can view it as like maybe a being a a young teen right where you start to just question some things you're like what's are we sure that that's actually what that is you know you believe in santa when you're young you finally start to ask is this real you know you become to see like how the world works and you start to question things based off of you know logic that you've developed as just by growing up right but if you stay at skepticism, it's a naive life. It's not a good one to live. You know, you need you need more information. You got you to kind of branch beyond skepticism, I think. Then you get to cynicism, which is where a lot... That's like the natural sort of path I think a lot of people go on. At least that's what he says. Um, and there you kind of arrive at this conclusion. Like, you've seen the real harsh world. You're, you're like a, a young adult. You're late teen, young adult. And you're like, wow, the world is a rough place. Bad things happen all the time. And you become kind of cynical. Everyone has their own self-interest at heart. Um, nobody cares about anybody except for what benefits you or that person, for example. That's kind of a cynical way of looking at things. Right. Um, you you prejudge situations in the sense that mm-hmm. you're not just, you know, skeptical of them. You're not just wondering, you know, is this really the way it should be? Right. But you go further to say that it's bad. It's bad before even I know I'm just going to write it off automatically right there's like a, some presuppositions that happen in cynicism that don't exist in skepticism um and then i think eventually you 
go out of cynicism with kind of ending up back where you were when you were a child, which is like hope. You hopefully end up somewhere where you can have a healthy level of both cynicism and skepticism. You can evaluate a circumstance based on all the variables, but still have hope. Yeah. You know, not not feel like everything is evil inherently. Yeah, but that hope, that's powerful. So yeah, you think so? Actually, I've just to relate it to a story in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Go for it. And it was interesting because one of our friends just kind of wrote us a message about it, mm-hmm. and it takes us to um, Luke when um, this is when. Jesus comes and says, I want to make you fishers of men. But originally he sees Simon Peter. He's like, cast your sits, uh, your, your um, nets into the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, and he says, cast your nets into the sea. Um, Peter says, I've been toiling all day and all night and I've caught nothing. Right. Right. Why would I? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. So he doesn't. He Yeah. Right. But he doesn't. Like, so he, mm-hmm. he obviously he's like, I've been toiling all day and all night, but at your word, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And he does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that little bit of hope. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he has that healthy skepticism to say. Okay, obviously that's kind of dumb, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I all day, all night, the last you know twelve hours or whatever, I've been at it, working hard, nothing, right? And uh, you know, at this, you know, and I'm a skilled fisherman. Jesus is a carpenter, yeah, right? He's right. not a fisherman, yeah, right. So, but he does it. Yeah, he, he does it does anyway it in humility, and obviously he catches a ton. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, that hope that it's you know, necessary. Maybe, maybe there's something to this. And if he were to be cynical in that situation, just for the exercise of discerning between the two, he wouldn't have cast that net. He would have immediately rebuked Jesus. He would have been like, what do you know? You're not, A, you don't know anything about fish. B, you know, you haven't been on this boat for as long as I have. You know nothing about this water. How long have you, like, where you studied? Like, he would have attacked all of the validity of the situation without any level of like, well, maybe I should just try the thing. And that's kind of the thing with that we notice in a lot of Western you could say in quotations, mature people, because if a kid walks up to them and tries to say like, hey, why do you, here's a great example. Um, kid walks up to an adult and is like, why do you drink? And and the the adult's like, you know, ah, it tastes good or whatever reason he gives. And the kid like, well, you know, it's not like, it's very bad for you. Like, why do you do it? It yeah. doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And the adult just kind of brushes it off. Like, oh, this is a stupid kid who doesn't know anything. That That information the kid's presenting is valid and true, and there's a lot of fruit there, but a lot of people don't want to acknowledge the fruit because it's a kid, because, oh, he can't know, this kid can't know anything about what I'm going through in the circumstance, and he may not, but that doesn't mean that the information isn't true, and I think nowadays we're trained to, if someone presents information, like, invalidate immediately. Why is yeah. this wrong? Why oh, yeah. isn't it true? Instead I mean, of cynical. I mean, yeah, yeah that is cynical. When, you, when someone gives you information, objective or not, Mm-hmm. And the first thing you ask is, I need your credentials. Right. Oh, you went to Oxford, not Harvard? I don't take what... Like, like, right, yeah. yeah. Oh, this is a study from the Ohio State University, not from Harvard. Uh, less valid. Yeah. Oh, it isn't peer-reviewed six times. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, yeah, no, and that's the reason that that's interesting is because it, it almost goes in opposition to conformity, which is really interesting because a lot of people are... I would I would say the broad Western ideology is cynicism. That's like a, a big yeah. thing that we've adapted Especially with right. the internet. Like, everyone thinks they're an expert in every field in the but world. it's interesting, though, because it's, conformity is not just, like, conforming to the environment, but conforming to the things that you are, that you, I mean, conformity can be manipulated to what that person wants. Right? Yeah, for sure. So, in Again. a sense that conformity still heavily exists, but you think about no one's going to ask for a six-time peer-reviewed study mm-hmm. if that study 
agrees with what they already, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. like you're only going to ask about the exact credentials if someone brought up a study that, you know, proved your point In opposition. Wrong. Yeah, right. That's true. I, the reason that I say that they're opposite and you bring up a good point where they can kind of complement each other, but there's not a healthy level of cynicism in regards to complacency. So like everybody is, everybody's on TikTok, right? Everyone's scrolling and everyone's doing all of these Western things, right? I'll bring up some things that aren't going to be popular opinions. For example, sex before marriage. I disagree with it. It wasn't, historically speaking, wasn't a thing in, in past um, cultures. Well, at and, least. Yeah, in many cultures, it was regarded as wrong. I mean, yeah. but then there was also... There were other cultures, cultures. Yeah, of course. Uh, but I mean, like, the culture that founded America was supposed to be a yeah. culture that agreed with marriage before sex, for yeah. example. And that, I mean, that was Christian. Like, obviously, yeah. But yeah. Right. So... Um, but we've moved towards that being socially acceptable. But there's no, there is no cynicism regarding is this true, except for by the Christians, right? But by the other people, you know, so let's say you don't believe in religion, you don't believe there's a God, but they don't even have a healthy level of uh, cynicism because it's, like you said, something that they want. Right. Right? It's, it's, sex is great, right? Like, why not? I enjoy it. I don't want it to be disproved. But if you look at studies, any studies, mm-hmm. it's clear that sex before marriage is detrimental to your long-term happiness. Right. I mean, so for example, like these same people want to live a happy marriage or whatever. They want they want right. to get married, Assuming. they want to have kids, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's inherent. We all want that. It's, yeah, it's I would our, agree. It's in our desire. Yeah. Um, but they, because, I mean, yeah, the Christian belief is that sex before marriage is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, you know, that's whatever the Christian religion laid out. God's not real, whatever. How can he yeah. make laws? Um. And then they don't conform to it solely in opposition to Christianity. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, you're right. If you look at it, the chances of you having a long-lasting happy marriage is, like, really low when you decide to have sex before marriage. Right. you had a lot of, you know, sexual partners preemptive to marrying. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, you're completely right in, in the sense that conformity in regards to complacency, yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. I mean... And so I guess I, I, something I wanted to talk about specifically as well is kind of what's the course of action a little bit? Like, you know, we look at where we're at now. And I, I have this question, I had this conversation with a lot of people that I know. What's the next step? You know, actually you heard it in the previous podcast with uh, Connor and Garrett Holt. I, you know, I kind of asked them, like they had mentioned that the world was in spiritual debt, right? It was It was not spiritually fulfilled and I was like, what's the next step? And a lot of times there's like, you can't. Yeah. It's too late. Um, and like, I'm not particularly satisfied with that because there have been a lot of times where cultures have gone off the rails and been brought back. Like the Romans, they went off the rails for a little bit and then they were brought back. Right. They can't kind of, I mean, and then they eventually fell again. But <laughs> let me actually, what, keep, keep going. I'm going to, I'm going to actually unplug the laptop, break everything. I'm going to snap some stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. For audio listeners, <laughs> this is rough. Yeah, it is rough. But I'm actually going to look up a verse that, that kind of goes along with what you're saying. But keep Go going. for it, yeah. Um, yeah, like I was saying, it, it's never too late, right? So there should be, we should make a plan, right? We shouldn't just like be like, ah, oh, they won. Oh, well, no, no. There, we can do things that to educate people. And I think the reality is people don't, um, they don't necessarily want to be conformists. I think a lot of people enjoy being a part of something, 
But that doesn't mean they need to conform to like secular culture, for example. Like you can conform to, because I think in moments it's okay to be a conformist, right? There are, there are things I want to conform to. So I'm okay with it. Like I want to conform to God's will because that's not natural, right? I have to conform to that. I have to give myself to that. Um, so there are things that I want to conform to and that's okay. But I, I don't want to conform to like the general population. Like I, the, the masses is not what I want to conform to. So yeah, I think that we should, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think a good course of action to to make people aware of this issue? And to correct it, like, is there anything you think we could do? Because I'm genuinely, genuinely at like a, a loss. I don't. I'm not well, exactly sure what I would do. I mean, there. So, okay. For example, Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. He's a. He's obviously like a philosopher. He's Pretty, like a yeah. modern day philosopher, essentially, yeah. but mm-hmm. psychi- or psychologist, right? Psychi- I think he's a psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Yeah, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and he he's one of those people that kind of bring attention to what morality used to be and what it yeah. needs to be now, right. and like how we're at a loss of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people like him, like people need to reach out and they need to speak up. And and when people and when certain people that have good intentions and want to destroy this um, societal conformity that mm-hmm. the West has kind of fallen under, um, speak up. And when they decide to use a when they have a platform that they can use, I think that the people that that do have a heart to listen, because that, that's the first thing people have a heart to listen. And you said it yourself. People don't want to be conformists. A lot yeah. of them don't. Right. So those that have a heart to listen can can be changed. Mm-hmm. People that, but that's the first step, right? A yeah. lot of people are just, you know, they're stubborn in their own ways. And in that sense, they don't conform at all. Like they yeah. don't want to change. They like the, they like the way they are. They, their life is easy. Their life is comfortable. Which they is also want. negative. Like it's okay. Like we're talking about conformity in a negative sense here. Which I think, generally speaking, it is. But you also don't want to be the opposite. You don't want to just stand in opposite. You don't want to be an anarchist, right? Right. There's no reason to stand in opposition of every single thing. There are times where you want to give in to like, I agree with this thing, whatever that thing may be. Um, yeah, I think another thing that I mean, that's a really good point. Is obviously using platforms and speaking up. I think also talking on a on a low, like even if you don't have a platform, like you have friends and family and. You, accountability is a big thing we've talked about but and it's not even i mean it is accountability but it, you don't even necessarily need to look at it that way just ask like why are you doing the thing you're doing yeah right like ask your friends why because a it's good for you to know if you're going to tag along you should know why you're doing something and b it's going to make them think part of part of the problem though is that even amongst christians which is kind of what mind boggles me when you ask them why are you doing this and their answer is because I feel like it, because I want to, because it's fun, mm-hmm. whatever. An answer that like no moral person would find acceptable. Yeah. yeah. And they answer that. Like, where do you go with that? Like, Those are the- a lot of people that they don't actually have an intention of getting better. They don't mm-hmm. actually have an intention to live their lives for the Lord. So or live their lives even with any moral standard. Yeah. So. But, so they, I, this is what I would say to an answer like that is you can push deeper than that. So if someone if I were to say, like, why do you sleep around? And you were to say, uh, you don't, but in, in this hypothetical, you were to say, because it's fun, because I feel like it. And I were to say, well, why do you like, why, why do you think you should satisfy your urges of fun? Like, why do you think that should, you should serve that? Immediately, they're either going to A, come to come with some sort of answer that's going to, they're going to fumble over an answer yeah. or B, they're not going to answer that. They're going to be like, uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I just like Although having fun. Aggressive. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, like that's when it gets personal. 
Well, it it is, and you have, you have to have a relationship there. You that, can't just yeah, say this exactly. to anybody. But that's, this, I'm talking the problem. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm so, but I'm talking if you have a relationship where you can prompt the question like this. Um, but like, who typically people that would even care to ask that question aren't surrounding themselves with people that. Well, I you know, I I thought I would agree with that, but as I've kind of experienced, there are some people out there who really are. They're intelligent. They care about these things, but they don't like they let them stop because they don't want the confrontation or they don't want the other things that come yeah. with something like this. Um, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to, at least to some extent. Like not to, not even to themselves, but to the people around them. Like they don't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah. It's yeah. Almost selfish. It, 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 and that's the thing that people who are non-confrontational, generally speaking, like there is some goodwill in that. But um, but it's, it's oh, not a it's good thing. Fear. Like a lot it, of it is yeah. fear. It's it's a little selfish because if you if you notice something wrong with somebody else, I think you have a civil duty, like as an American, a civil duty to point that out. I mean, well, not to a random stranger on the street, but like me, an association with you that I call a friend, as a, a like an, a law-abiding American, I should be like, hey, you're th- this thing that you're doing isn't right. But even more so as a Christian. Yeah, and if your Christian goes further than that. Yeah, my perspective is like. Obviously, you could make the argument that, like, sleeping around is bad for America, right? Yeah, definitely. You you definitely could make that argument. Mm -hmm. Um, But then at the same time, uh, like, that's not going to be a conversation that goes over well. Like, you're not going to one person stopping sleeping around, you know, isn't actually going to make a difference, right? Well, but I agree with you, but it's that mentality that stops anybody from doing anything. That's that's true, but anybody that doesn't want to stop isn't going to stop because of that. Which is true, but I think a lot of time, I think maybe we undervalue the self-reflection that people do. Like, you have to be pretty disconnected to not have, like, some level of self-reflection. So if I'm going to have a conversation with somebody and I'm going to prompt them with, why do you sleep around? Because I like it. Why do you like that? Like, why is that what you're choosing to serve when you could do other things? Just saying that is going to put them in a state of thought where they have to ponder it. Like, I think most people in the world are going to have to, would have to, like, take that to heart and somehow come to terms with a question like that. And I I think there's value in that. Even if it doesn't stop them, you've 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 planted a seed of, like, maybe this isn't the best thing. And they'll start to consider some things. And if they don't, then you did what you could, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's reason. Like, you can't, as a friend, I can't force you to stop doing something. I can just try to conversate with you and convince you that the thing that you're doing isn't right. Yeah, that's the most you can do. In the end, it's your choice whether you sleep around or whatever you do. But yeah, yeah, and that is, that's true. And that, like, I just mean like, if we're trying to find ways to, uh, to at least halt it or even maybe move it backwards, that's like the only way that I would think of is is by talking about it and like holding people accountable, being like, "Why are you doing this thing?" Right. Because I mean, maybe you're in a group where you do it and you don't know why you're doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I so, mean, yeah, any any challenge, like when people are challenged, it brings growth. Yeah. But people aren't challenged. People right. People like comfort. Mm-hmm. For sure. You have that verse. You, did you find it? Yeah. So okay. I'll, I'll read it. And it, <clears throat> I mean, it's not as straightforward as I'd like it to be, but I'll read it. And yeah, for I'll sure. I'll kind of just tell you my point. But yeah. And therefore, thus saith the Lord, if thou return, then will I bring thee again. And thou shalt stand before me, and if thou take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, 
but return um, return not unto them. Okay. So ba- basically, my, my point in saying this is, one, um, the Lord can return us. Like, you, yeah, the Lord, Lord can return us to you. I mean, he can. I mean, he can. He he's returned to societies. To, yeah, Israelites yeah, many times, many times, over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one thing that I, I thought was interesting, um, said, "Let them return unto thee, but not return, but return not unto them." Mm. And that I find interesting because even if we surround ourselves, even if the people around us aren't necessarily like forthcoming people, or um, yeah, uh, have a, a high standard for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Let them return to you but don't return to them mm-hmm. challenge them but don't don't be compl- or um but don't conform to them right yeah. and that's interesting because you talk and this is this is a balance that we i think we both have struggled with which is you know i don't remember the exact verse whether it's maybe i think it's first corinthians 12 something like that i'm gonna yeah. i don't know the verse off the top of my head but i it's essentially saying you know hold the body of christ accountable Right, and this is what's so difficult is is discerning when you are a light in a situation and when you are being like when are you helping people and when are you throwing your pearls among pigs? When are you eating with the evil and wicked? When does it become? When have you crossed that line? And that's such a at least I don't want to say for every Christian, but for me and I think for you, such a delicate balance that I'm still learning, and I don't know if I'll ever come to like a conclusion because. As I go forward, there are times in the past where I, th- I thought I was being a light. And, and in hindsight, I definitely was throwing pearls among pigs. So it was definitely like it wasn't receptive in any way. And I'm glad that I left relationships. But then there are also times where I've left relationships and I've been like, I probably should have stayed a little bit longer. Like I probably could have been more helpful because I thought I was throwing pearls among pigs. And I think that's it's kind of in relation to the verse that you brought up. It's, you know, you have to figure out when you're... As a Christian, you you know, we are often surrounded by people that are not like-minded, I think. Mm-hmm. People that follow a different standard. So learning how you're going to conduct yourself in that standard that other people are in and, and holding yourself to your own version of a standard, which is ideally like the Bible-abiding standard, or whatever the standard you have is in your religion. Um, how are you going to hold yourself accountable to that and not succumb, not conform to the group around you but not condemn the group around you for not conforming to what you have as well. Because condemnation is not going to help either. It might be the right thing to do. Like I, I would say you're in a moral high ground for sure, but that doesn't mean that the right thing to do is to condemn them all for the actions that they do. Like No one's going to be receptive to that. So how do you guide them towards what you're doing without like imposing it? And that, I think that's like such a difficult balance. Something that I certainly am struggling with now and I will I think almost always struggle with because it's so nuanced yeah I don't know I mean what has your experience been with with situations like I mean we both have friends that are definitely not abiding by what we abide by how do you navigate that what's your yeah well something that came to my attention is is that certain certain friends you can throw your pearls among pigs, right? Certain yeah. friends aren't going to be receptive. They just, they, I mean, you can try to, you know, strengthen them. You can try to encourage them mm-hmm. and try to um, hold them accountable, but they sure. they just won't be receptive. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and <clears throat> and something that's come to my mind is sometimes the only way to make them receptive is by distance, mm. and not full barring off, but right. by distance. So you you mentioned that you know sometimes you thought you were throwing pearl swung pigs, but when you left, you know you realized that maybe there was more to give. Mm-hmm. Um, but that space might have been necessary. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but I mean, not. I mean, obviously, once again, it's a delicate balance between you know backing away and completely cutting off mm-hmm. or you know putting too much forward even if they're not receiving it um but yeah i guess it, it is really case by case yeah i mean for sure it's case by case some like i said earlier people's hearts have to be receptive like you can't people don't want to live in conformity right mm-hmm. but not not everybody is going to take criticism from others or not everybody is going to even take encouragement from others or, in, or, or accountability or any yeah accountability whatever yeah right and and that's like psychologically um you have to understand people to be able to like pursue i think you know and this is a little bit of a tangent but i think that's why we notice so many people nowadays like running through friends like how many people do you see have a really solid friendship at an early age that continues into their life they're they were friends and now their kids are friends like how often yeah. you see that not very often no. And it's because the amount of effort that a friendship takes is being undervalued right now. It's being underestimated, I should say. I don't think people really understand how difficult a proper f- friendship is, especially yeah. a, a, a God-grounded spiritual friendship. Right. Well, yeah, furthermore, God-grounded spiritual is, makes it so much harder. Way and, harder. And then you take it to the place of, like, pe- well, people just don't understand that any friendship worthwhile is going to be difficult. Right. Because relationship is difficult. Mm-hmm. Love is difficult. Yeah. And people don't want to love because love is hard. Right. But I, yeah, and I think understand, like you have to do, this has been my experience and it, it maybe this isn't the case for everybody, but you almost have to do a level of like psychoanalysis on your friends to understand like how are you going to present information? You know, what are their behaviors to understanding if they're being receptive to the information? And I think a lot of this happens like subconsciously like humans are pretty good at it and that that's kind of what you call like social awareness yeah right is yeah. their ability to read all of these things true, true. i mean but you have to have that like you have to be aware of the way to yeah. approach them yeah absolutely and, and the further you dive the more you have to give it conscious effort because i mean i've noticed this with with you and other great friends that i have where i i have something to present to them that i think is super great and they're, I'm like, this, they're gonna, this is going to be great. They're going to take this the perfect way. Like, I have an idea of how they're going to do it. And then I present the information, and it's not taken, like, the absolute worst way. Because <laughs> I wasn't thinking about how are they going to take it. I was thinking, or, like, what's the best way for them to take it? I was like, I'm just going to present the information. And because it's good information, they're going to take it the right way. Right, yeah. You're thinking about the conclusion, not the not the process, not how you're going to do it. You're thinking about right. the, the beginning and the end. Yeah, yeah. Right. but not, not the journey into how to make it, how to make you receptive, or anybody, for that matter. And I think that's... Another really important thing. That's another thing. Like, in terms for ourselves, we need to talk about introspection, self reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need to make sure that we can be receptive, that our hearts yeah. are open right. to criticism or, or encouragement or accountability. Yeah. Because if we're not, then yeah, the whole the whole job isn't on you. Mm-hmm. Growing pearls among pigs. The only reason that verse is in the Bible is because humans are pigs exactly. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like pearls. Those, those are pearls. That information could be phenomenal, mm-hmm. but then it's just not received. Right. And most of the time it's because of pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's pretty much it. That's that was that's what that reverse is referring to, in, in my opinion, is pride. 
Like, yeah. They're pigs because they won't receive the information. And yeah, you, you've got to learn how to, I mean, and that's like kind of the reality of all of it is it's, it's a lot of this is pride based, right? You conform because you want to be someone in this group, right? You want to feel like something, which is prideful. Right. Like yeah. you, it's, it's centered in you. Like why, why would I want to be a part of a group? to feel accepted like you want to feel accepted or you want to be a part of a group right. whatever that thing well, is because the, the security isn't in god it's in it's in man right yeah. and it all comes from pride like it definitely does so the more that you can learn to like christian or not journaling is fantastic like it's it's a very like new age thing to journal i mean it it's not like it's been done in the past but i think it's like very trendy right now where you're like is it trendy i well you know, like the self-help books that are like, you should journal and meditate and that sort of new age stuff. Um, so I, I am going to recommend it, but I'm going to recommend it in a different way. Don't journal like, dear diary, you're like, goals that I want to accomplish in this year. Like, no, you, the things that you think, the raw emotion that you're not willing to say to people, you write in that journal because it needs to come out. You can't keep it in. Yeah. It's, it's very bad. Like there's a common saying, sin grows in the dark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But all things bad grow in the dark, right? Like anything that isn't good will grow in the dark. So if you've got, you need to put stuff out there. Put it on paper even. If you don't, if you're not confident to speak and you can't tell friends about stuff, grab a journal, grab a piece of paper. It doesn't have to be a journal and write some stuff down. It'll help you gain some self-awareness and it'll help you realize some area. Like sometimes for me, um, you know, I've been making decisions about college and I've been looking about like things about this podcast and how I'm going to pursue the future with all of this. I'm trying to think about the best ways to go about doing that stuff. And the conclusion that I've come to came to me by journaling, by me writing it all out, looking at it, walking away for a little bit, coming back and rereading it. And, and with that fresh mind, it's like a new set of eyes, right? You come back, you relook at something and you're like, oh, this is totally what I should be doing. Like, this is the way that I should be pursuing the thing. Or this is how I should handle the situation in the future. Whatever it is. Um, yeah, that helps with, like, clarity of mind. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, yeah, when I make a decision, <clears throat> I take I take time off. I sleep on it or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Writing it down. I mean, that's another thing. Like, when you take notes in college or in high school and you, you really want to learn something, you want it to stick in your brain. You, you got to write it down. It. Yeah. Write it down helps. For sure. And that's part of it. It, it, I think it brings a sort of mental clarity. Mm -hmm. um, you can organize your thoughts a little bit better when you write them down. Yeah, for sure. I, no doubt. And I think, like you were saying about self-reflection, that is like a, a an easy pathway to people who maybe aren't like innately introspective to get that. Yeah. Because it, you don't like, you're not born with, some people are better at it, but you're not like born being introspective. Like some people just un learn to understand themselves yeah, and yeah, feel yeah. the need right. to evaluate self and a really easy way of doing that is by journaling because it's it's like having a friend there who's really blunt. I mean, yeah, you force yourself to sit down and to write every detail. Mm -hmm. I mean, people don't want to come to terms with themselves. And right. Who they are. Yeah. And But when you're forced to do that, I mean, it's a healthy exercise. And mm -hmm. you think about, um, that, it kind of reminds me of prayer. It's like, it, yeah, it's very similar. Prayer doesn't come easily for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it's harder for some people. Like, I know, I mean, I know a lot of like, if you go to like a youth group mm -hmm. and you have people praying, okay, camera died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we're back up. But anyways, if you go to a youth group, right, and yeah. you have people praying, mm -hmm. there's always that like that girl that's really good with words, 
And her prayer can be like, you know, a whole 30 minutes long, yeah. constantly talking. Like mm-hmm. she, the prayer just comes easily. She's willing to, I mean, her life is a yeah. soap opera already. Yeah. She's willing to pour it all out on the floor yep. with everyone there. But she can pray, right? Yeah. It's not as easy for everybody. It's it's more difficult. Like you always have that one guy in the group that either never opens his mouth or if he opens his mouth, he has two sentences and he's calling it a day because he's at a loss for words. Mm-hmm. So prayer, prayer is hard to come by. And same thing with journaling. Like not everybody can have that introspection, mm-hmm. but drills such as actually praying every day. Yeah. Right. And drills such as writing things down in a journal can help you with introspection yep. and uh, self-reflection. And I think, you know, so- something specifically to go off of that, like analogy that you're talking about with that girl. A lot of times when someone is there's these beautiful like sentences with the most eloquent vocabulary, it's just like it seems like the words are coming from God. <laughs> Those people probably aren't thinking about God. It's possible. You don't, it's not, oh, yeah. I'm not saying that I mean, definitively, sure. but I'm saying like, I've seen a lot of people who are like great at prayer in quotations yeah. and, and they're really just trying to impress the group oh, around yeah. them. I mean, there's a big difference between great at prayer and good at public speaking. Right. And, and I think Granted, that's not everybody. It's like, not everybody. You have like a Jordan Peterson that the way he literally, the way, just he, just talks the way he talks is, is in, actually just beyond, you know, our comprehension. Yeah. And some people are just genuinely better at at speaking. Right. And that's and that's totally fine, but I I want to point out like just because if you're the quiet person, this is probably for you, but just because somebody else is praying in a verbose way doesn't mean that you your prayers are lesser than or yeah. that you're like or in journaling is the same way just because somebody can write 16 pages of a, a basically a, a book doesn't mean that the way that you journal is wrong or that it's it's lesser than it's not yeah it's just a different way again, of going about things for other people it's not for other people to hear exactly it's for your it's for you the lord so it's yeah and, and you're yeah and and yeah exactly so that's i mean that's one thing that's like i'm, I'm not gonna say dangerous but mm-hmm. um difficult for lack of a better word when it comes to group prayer mm-hmm. is the fact that people have this automatic temptation to pray for the group mm-hmm. and and i don't mean pray for them i mean like pray to, as pray to impress to them, yeah. yeah and so when you when you pray in a group do your best to make it for god because then if your security is in the lord or, or even for yourself prayer for your for yourself talking to god mm-hmm. if your security is in the lord then you don't need to care what other people think mm-hmm. and your prayer can just be at face value yeah you are talking to god and that's the only thing that matters. And that's that's part of the reason why, like, stereotypically, you bow your head and close your eyes when you pray. Palm yeah. your hands, bow your head, close your eyes. Because it's it's about removing what's around you and focusing on the thing yeah. that's at hand. Not getting caught up in other people's movements. Or, right, yeah. exactly. And there's value in that, I think. And, and honestly, it's a similar thing with journaling to continue to relate them. I think setting a, a place for you to journal, setting aside a time, a place, a private place for sure, like, you know, Right before I go to bed at my desk, I'm in a journal or whatever. It doesn't, it can be anywhere, but setting aside that time, that private place, it gives you the a connection to the, the fact that the camera just turned off, you know? <laughs> it's hot. Camera's really hot. And so we're, we're experiencing some technical difficulties. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. I kind of forget what we were talking about. Yeah. Low key. Yeah. I mean, girl praying, journaling. Stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think the main the main point is that self reflection is very valuable. Yeah, yeah, it's very valuable, and it comes with practice. Yeah, prayer, most valuable thing, and it comes with practice. Yep. Um, 
yeah, it goes all goes back to consistency. Yeah. And I, to kind of wrap things up here with a nice little ribbon, um, bring it back to conformity. The reason that we go off on that rabbit trail is these are all ways that you can like keep yourself away from conformity. Because I think, like we said, generally speaking, it's conformity is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And even if you choose to conform to something, which isn't that doesn't inherently need to be bad. Like if you cho- let's say you're choosing to conform to secular culture. As long as you're aware and critically thought through that process. And I think what's actually happening is people aren't critically thinking through why they're conforming. They're just doing the thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's peer easy. pressure. You're just going around with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Or not even peer pressure. Just going along with it. Like, right. whatever's easier. Yeah. Hop on the train. Right. And I think that, like, you know, I don't care what you do. You can go ahead and conform all you want to culture, and that's cool. But as long as you understand, A, what you're doing, and B, the repercussions of your actions. Those are the only two things I care about as a bystander. Because I think, I mean, because ultimately you'll come to, I mean, to truth. Like ultimately you'll. Ideally, yeah. yeah. If you critically think, I mean, yeah. this is just my opinion or mm-hmm. one man's perspective. But if you critically think, then you'll start to see the inherent problems with today's secular culture and where the West yeah. has, has led our culture. Certainly. I mean, even <laughs> if it doesn't bring you to, you know, Jesus Christ, you'll at least understand that sleeping around isn't a good idea. Yeah. Or that, you know. Dressing in scanty clothing, you know, crop top this and all that, probably not a good idea either. Like, you're just inviting bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, just maybe don't do that. Maybe dress a little bit modest. That's all I'm saying. Um, I mean, for yourself. Right, for you, not for other people, but yeah, for you. I mean, well, that's the issue. But yeah, yeah, essentially all this to say that there needs to be a certain amount of critical thought and and you need to have self-reflection on, on why you're doing the things you're doing. You need to understand... Why am I conforming? Why am I conforming to this? Mm-hmm. Why have I hopped on the train with this? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think about your actions. I mean, it's good. It just goes to the most simple thing that, you know, our parents told us when we were kids. Think about your, think about your actions. Yeah. Right. Think about the things you're doing. And then, and honestly, the, the sort of thing that the, the trope that, you know, if your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump too? Right. Everyone's heard that. But I think more importantly, like, Maybe tell your friend not to jump off the bridge. Yeah, like, and that's uh, and try to help. Yeah, exactly. We talked about a way to stop this conformity, mm-hmm. or actually turn the culture into a way that's half decent. And to be honest, there's no great answer, but the best right. thing you can do is help your brother. Yeah, hold people accountable. I think that's the one of the <laughs> biggest things we can do as people. You know, it's like because even if you know if if somebody chooses to do their own thing, like I'm not here to condemn that. Do your own thing. Like you have, you luckily have a God-given right to go do whatever you want. Praise the Lord, right? You live in a free, at least in America, we live in a free country. You can kind of do whatever. So we got some laws, but you can do like a lot. Um, and I'm not here to condemn what you're doing. If you want to do it, go do it. I just want to make sure that you know what you're doing, the repercussions of what you're doing, and that you're okay with it. That you're fully aware of that what you're doing is what you want to be doing. Um. And the only way to do that is with accountability, because we, like you said before, we have a very blurred self-perception. It's really hard for us to really understand all of our own faults. Yeah. Even if you, even if you're a very very reflective person, I know a lot of people are really introspective that don't know some of their biggest flaws. You're you're blind to them. It's just a it's a part of human nature, um, and that's okay. But that's why you need to surround yourself with good friends, friends that will hold you accountable, that will keep you to a standard that you want to be held to in reality. Mm-hmm. But, and you have to, le- yeah. Yeah, and you have to let, and them. You have to let them. Yeah, for sure. 100%. You got to be receptive. And for the people that are, are 
trying to be that friend, try to bring it to them in a way that they can receive it. Yeah. And keep going. Like, <clears throat> especially if it's someone that you, I hate to say like, if it's not someone you care about, it's not that big of a deal. But especially with like really, really close friends or family, like be persistent. Yeah. But, I mean, because it's, I mean, it's a matter of life and death, right? Uh, for Christians, of, it definitely is. Yeah. I mean, for any, right. Yeah. yeah for I mean, I mean, any sort of non-compliance with conformity is bringing you closer to what is right and what is true. Mm -hmm. And so it is a matter of life and death, period. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I suppose that, yeah, that's true. I mean, just ensuring that people are given the opportunity to to choose what they want to choose and to not be forced into a hand that they didn't want. You know, that's what that's what this is. It's, it's not even necessarily, like when I go to, because I don't really, I don't really evangelize, but I have more, I have like a, I love talking to people about the truth and I don't necessarily push them towards God. Like I'm more than happy to quote scripture, things like that. But <clears throat> the biggest thing is I just want them to understand what they want. And if, they, if, if they're willing to say like, all I want is to be happy and to pursue my own self-interest. And that is what I serve. I serve my own self-interest. If they're willing to say that and that's what they genuinely want, then fine, go do it. Because furthermore, I mean, you would probably be throwing in that situation, I would probably say so. And if that's what you want to do, fine, go do it. That's cool. But I, all I want to do is like maybe try to help people be aware of what they're at, like what they're aiming for. And if it's if they're aiming for something like that, then like who am I to stop you? I'm not. Go. But I think a lot of times when you ask people these kinds of questions and when you become when you encourage them to be introspective, they end up being like, "Yeah, you're right. I you know, I really don't want to serve my self-interest forever. Like I do want a family. I do want to serve the interest of that. I want to serve the interest of you know, something else, whatever it is. I mean, if they want to have a successful relationship, mm -hmm. any relationship, any human relationship, right? then they're going to have to understand that it takes a lot, a lot of selflessness. Right. And and, and even just like, because I'm not going to tell you how to be less of you or how to like, this is how you stop having sex with people. Like, no. But when you pose those kinds of questions, even if you're young, I want to specifically say, it's like, you don't have to be old to do this. Even if you're young and you're among peers, when you pose these kinds of questions, who are you serving? Why are you serving it? Is it actually what you want to be serving? Just those three questions are enough for a lot of people to stop in their tracks. And just to think, even if it doesn't stop them from doing a stupid decision, because it may not, and actually I think often chances it won't, but even just that thought being placed in their head is a good thing. It's a positive thing. And so I would I would encourage people to continue having conversations like that um, or to start having conversations like that if they're not. And to and to take away, like, the day that you listen to this podcast, just think about conformity as you walk through your day, right? Just think about the word. If you and and then stop yourself if you notice yourself conforming to something you don't want to, whatever that is, that whatever that may be, or or that's not right. Yeah, right. And 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 just keep that with you as you walk. I think it it might be really valuable. And then like, comment how how hard that was. If it, maybe it was easy to you, like, yeah, I don't conform very much. Maybe it was difficult. Like, just. You don't have to get personal. I'm not going to ask you to be like, yeah, I struggled in this area. Um, but just talk about that. And yeah, think about it. And then just tell us like, was it easy or was it not easy? Because yeah. it would be fun for us to figure that out too. So our camera died again. I'm giving up on it. Sorry, YouTube people deal with it. Um, <laughs> but appreciate all of those who are listening. By the way, YouTube people, people that can't see us right now, if you didn't know we're on we're everywhere we're on apple music spotify obviously we're on youtube all, basically all the podcast platforms so check us out there if you're like you know on a drive or whatever you don't pull up youtube i understand that 
check us out on those places. Also, we have the clothing coming soon. And I mean like actually soon. I don't mean like soon in like six months. I mean like it's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm We're wearing, working on I'm it. I'm wearing part of it right now. He is. It's, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see and he also wore something over it. But um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but keep, keep an eye out for that. It's coming. We're excited for it. Uh, yeah, Instagram. That's the easiest way. We'll leave a link to our Instagram in the description. But at Risen Clothing is the Instagram. Yes. Check it out. It's yeah. it's worth. We'll get some stuff up there. I'll yeah. It soon. It, it's exciting. We're excited. Yes. And um, obviously, you know, stay up with the podcast. We have a lot of cool episodes coming at you. A lot of interesting topics that we're ready to, to cover and maybe some new guests that we're going to bring on, stuff like that. So just stay tuned and uh, we appreciate it as always. Have a good day. All right. You conformists. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. See you next time.